Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And they will rule the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, the livestock and the whole earth and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every creature that crawls on the earth. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this special day that we can consider life and and how precious it is uh, to us and more importantly to you. And that we, we will see it with eyes of faith today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So what does it mean to be made in the image of God? What does it mean to be made in God's image in his likeness? Because Genesis tells us that mankind was made in the image of God. Male and female were created and were created in the image of God. So not only were we created, but created in the image of of God. To be created is one pretty big thing to know, right? That you just didn't get here accidentally. This didn't just happen. That, that this was purposed, planned, and carried out by God Almighty. That's important. But it's also important to know that we were created in the image of God. So not only are we, we are here with meaning and purpose, this isn't accidental or without Meaning That's amazing and encouraging to think about. But this phrase that God created man in his image, male and female, he created them. And then he blessed them. I said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it and rule the creation. What does it mean to be made in the image of God? And there's so many good answers to that. That's something that's been talked about for thousands of years. Since this was written, it's been talked about. What I've realized is while there's plenty of good answers, the most important answer is the one that you give. The most important answer is the one that is on your heart and mind. What does it mean to me to be made in the image of God? Because that will guide your thought and your action. Kind of like we prayed earlier this year. Teach me to number my days, Lord, so that wisdom may develop in my heart. So that a heart of wisdom may develop. What does it mean to be made in the image of God? I just started a new book. Again, I'm a nerd. I read a lot. Um, And it wasn't about this. It's about culture and making culture, and it's been interesting so far. But it, it, it started with talking about this section. I was like, that's kind of neat. I'm reading this right at the same time I'm studying this other. I didn't expect that to go together, and it did. I try to pay attention when that happens. And, and this author uh, said that what we see God as in Genesis, when he's talking about what does it mean to be made in the image of God, we want to look first at what's he doing right here. 
He's creating and he's ruling. He's doing both. And he said, that's, that's unusual. Usually your, your creative spirits aren't in charge and your ruling spirits aren't very creative. We said God holds both and he holds them equally and he holds them perfectly that he is creative enough to, to artistically create everything that we see and enjoy in this world and then also stable enough and firm enough to, to rule it and stand over it and hold it all together. I thought that was really interesting because again, creative usually leans a little bit more chaotic and, and ordered is a little bit less creative, but God holds both at the same time. So God created them in his image. He created them in the image of God. And when we read that, we think first of ourselves, right? We apply it to ourselves. I was created in the image of God, right? We, we think about me first. But we also want to make sure that it doesn't stop there. And do, do we apply it to the other people that, that, that we see day in and day out? Do, do we give them that same consideration that they were made in the image of God? Jesus, when he was confronted by some of the religious leaders in the book of Matthew, chapter 22. I meant to have that marked, but I was shoveling before church. 22 and verse 34. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they came together. And one of them, an expert in the law, asked a question to test him and said, Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Which command in the law is the greatest? And Jesus said to him, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. He quotes Deuteronomy 6, chapter 5. He says, this is the greatest and most important command. So they come to him and ask, they're trying to trap him. Like, hey, we got all these commands. Whatever he says is most important, we'll have a reason to argue with him. And of course they didn't. Jesus just crushed them because that's what he does. As far as these arguments that would arise and he answers out of the word, he says, the most important command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind. And they're probably still, you know, twisting that around in their thinker. And then he says, and the second one is like it. They didn't ask him that, but he's going to tell them anyway. He said, the second one is like it and it's love your neighbor as yourself. Leviticus nineteen eighteen. The second one is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. So he said, the first and greatest commandment is love the Lord your God. All your heart, and all your soul, and all your mind. The second one is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And I believe he is in the same thought of my neighbor is made in the image of God. The second commandment is like the first commandment because the target of the second commandment is like the target of the first commandment. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. You notice he didn't say there, love the Lord your God and love his creation. Love the trees and the birds and take care of the animals. He, he didn't do all of that. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. And we know in another spot, they asked him, well, you're talking about love your neighbor. Who is my neighbor? Let's talk about the real, if, I'm, if you're going to tell it to me, I want to know if I'm doing a good job or not, who is 
my neighbor, Jesus? How, how many people do I have to, who is it that I'm supposed to love? And what did he tell them the parable of the one we call the parable of the good Samaritan, right? He told them the parable of the good Samaritan. I'm not going to go into it today, but the moral of that one was the person you're supposed to love is the one who's right in front of you. Even if they're different than you, and even if they are vulnerable, and I would say especially if they are vulnerable. Love the person who's in front of you, even if they're different from you, and even if and especially if they are vulnerable. And is there any better example of the majesty of God in creation and the vulnerability of human life than a baby? Right. You just think, have you ever seen a baby and not thought, man, that's awesome. Look at that. How did this even happen? How did this even take this? It's like me, but tiny. It's it's the majesty of creation just played out the, the miracle of this baby being born again, that this has just continued to happen since the beginning of time. And then also this extreme vulnerability of a baby. I read this quote this week. No other mammal emerges from the womb as utterly unable to cope with the opportunity and the adversity of nature. And you think about that, right? You see a lot of other animals, especially mammals, be born. They're up on their feet pretty quick. I mean, a puppy? Yeah, six, eight weeks. You can take it home. Do You can play out in the yard with it. Do that with your six-week-old baby. Right? They're a little bit more fragile. They're, they're not quite as durable and they're not quite as active. No other mammals are born as vulnerable. But look at the limitless opportunity and potential in a person when they're born. You don't see it at first. Again, so, so fragile, so needy. They wouldn't make it without your help. But the limitless possibility and opportunity that that person has, what we've seen people do for the good. I mean, you can say what they've done for the bad. There's still a lot of possibility, right? There's a lot of open there for a human life, a soul, an image of God here on this earth. And again, this is sanctity of life. Sunday, So we have to ask the question, what do we owe these little neighbors that we have? Because again, who's our neighbor? The one right in front of us. Even if they're different than us and even if they are vulnerable. What do we owe these vulnerable little lights of the life of God, his creative power and his purpose? Christ told us to love them as we would love ourselves. To love others, our neighbor, as we would love ourselves. Paul will tell us when we get back into the book of Ephesians that, that no man hates his own flesh, but provides for it and cares for it. Amen. Sanctity of life Sunday was set aside for us to think on these types of things. It was instituted on January 22nd, 1984. 40 years ago tomorrow. So all of y'all born in 1984, 40's coming. 
It's I'm here. It's not bad. But it was set, uh, set aside, instituted by President Ronald Reagan 11 years after the Supreme Court's Roe v. Wade ruling on January 22, 1973, 51 years ago. And we know that that ruled nationally, federally, that the U.S. Constitution conferred the right to choose to have an abortion at a federal level, national level. It said this is going to be made available. Now, this can start to make people uncomfortable, right? Oh, well, okay, we're getting political. I'm not going to get political. I get doctrinal and I get biblical because I believe that it speaks to life. The, 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 the term is Imago Dei, the image of God. And we've been talking about it, again, as long as the church has existed, the value of a human life. And I'm, I'm committed to annually participating and laying this before us because I feel like it is most necessary. And the reason people start to feel uncomfortable is because it can be a combustible topic. Right. The heat in the room can go up pretty quick. It just can. And the reason for that is you've got people that live in different realities. They see reality differently. And if you're in a different reality from someone else, it's going to butt heads. It's going to cause friction there. Because the part, the problem for me, my reality is I see a baby. From conception, that's what I see. I see a baby. I see a little light of God. I see a little neighbor even in the womb. I don't see a pregnancy. I don't see a decision. I don't see a clump of cells. I see a baby. That's what I see. I see a baby and I can't stop seeing a baby. We know that as early as eight weeks, little neighbor in the womb can suck their thumb, will recoil from pricking, can respond to sound. Their organs are present. Their brain is functioning. Their heart is beating, pumping blood. Their kidneys are filtering fluid. They have their own little fingerprints and their own DNA. We know that a baby can live, survive outside of the womb as early as 21 weeks. Don't we, Reese? We've seen one born about that early, haven't we? Yeah. It's amazing. God's creation. And again, 21 weeks, 40 weeks is normal (laughs) or, or full term. So we know they can live outside of the womb after as early as 21 weeks. I see a baby and I can't unsee it. I see a little neighbor deserving of love and dignity and respect. And so that's why we butt heads because we live in different. If you call it something else, I can't. We stop right there. The conversation stops right there. We're not going to make it much farther than that because I see a baby. 
And, we, and, and there's an attempt in culture to change terminology and change the words that we use so that it's more acceptable or so that the viewpoint changes. You can't change the name for pain and cause it not to hurt. You can't do it. You can change the name for it, but you can't make it not hurt. And you'll see we do that sometimes. The medical community will try to help us. Uh, things land a little bit. You're going to feel a little pressure. <laughs> it means this is about to hurt. Oh, it looks like there's some fluid. What does that mean? You're bleeding. That's what that means. There's some fluid. But, but when we change the names of things, but we can't make it not hurt. And, and again, it, we have people that'll say, oh, I'm scientific in this and that, but you're going to tell me that a, a, a birth canal conveys personhood. That doesn't make sense. If this is a person once here, like from here to here now, no, I see a baby. I see a baby. I see a little neighbor. There was a quote. This was actually a secular quote talking about abortion. And it said, abortion is an attempt to shatter the authority of yesterday's decisions. You may have heard me share that before. I'm going to share it a lot because I think it's just solid. It's an attempt to shatter the authority of yesterday's decisions. Maybe not even our decisions. Maybe somebody else's decisions. It's an attempt to shatter the authority of yesterday's decisions. But it doesn't. And it can't. It can't do that. People are lured in with a false promise of an escape. Of a celebration. It floors me to see standing ovations for abortion. I see a baby. They're lured in with this promise of an escape and a celebration And what they get is lasting pain and trauma. Because you can't change the name for pain and make it not hurt. We have to hear the truth. We have to hear that this, even this process is traumatic, painful. It's awful. And it's sinful. And we have to hear that if you've ever at any point in any measure, been involved in it, that you have not out the cross of Christ. That you have not out the cross of Christ. That His grace is available for you and for me and for us, even in and through that. What you have to hear is, He is the only one that shatters the authority of yesterday's decisions. He is the only one that can do that. And that He is the one that you were looking for. He is the one that you are looking for. Because He can do that. He forgives us of our sins. He cleanses us of our iniquities and all of our unrighteousness. He is the one that shatters the authority of yesterday's decisions. We can continue to be thankful that Roe v. Wade was overturned in 2022. Thank God for that. 
And we live in a state like Arkansas that had immediate response laws that if this is ever overturned, this is going to go into place immediately. And several states did abortion bans with very few exceptions. And we're thankful for that. But that is not an end in itself. That is progress. That's a good thing. But it's not an end in itself. As Christians, we don't want abortion to be illegal. We want abortion to be unfathomable. As a Christian, we don't just want to say, we're going to make a law that says people can't do this. What we want to see is hearts transformed and minds changed so that they would think, I I could never do that. I don't want it to be illegal. It can be illegal. I'm for that. But I want to stop there. I want to see kingdom renewal in our culture so that these types of things become unfathomable and a shadow in our history. Just making something illegal. I mean, murder's been illegal since the Ten Commandments. Right? We have to work towards changing the hearts. The law restrains. I'm thankful for laws that restrain. But Christ and His love transform the heart. How do we get there? And those are some of the things we're going to be talking about as we get into the second half of the book of Ephesians is Christ came to give us a new life, new relationships, and also a new society that we can be a part of together that he rules and reigns. And it's, it's kingdom come. It's renewal in our hearts and then outward. As Christians love God and love their Neighbors, Just look what he does when that happens. Look what that itself does. Loving your neighbor in 2024, that makes a big difference. That stands out. A bright light in dark times. And so one of the things we always talk about when we observe Sanctity of Life Sunday is, what can I do? Where... Where can I start with with what we're talking about? And it's easy to get overwhelmed by all the things that we can't do, right? I'm just one. Marty, Marty mentioned that this morning. Just, uh, just the fact of being one person and so much to do. One person and so much to do. It's easy to get overwhelmed and go, well, I can't do everything. I can't get us all the way to where we need to be. What, what? What can I do? But we can get so overwhelmed by what we can't that we overlook what we can do. Right? Because nobody can do everything. Even if you try. Nobody can do everything, but everyone can do something. I have a saying that if you're, if you're not somebody's anybody, you'll be everybody's nobody. If you're not somebody's anybody, you know, when people say, well, can, can, can anybody help with this? Can anybody do this? If, if only somebody would, right? If you're not anybody's somebody, then you'll be everybody's. Well, nobody helps. Nobody does. Nobody says. Nobody comes. Nobody does it. If you're not anybody's somebody, you'll be everybody's nobody. One of the things that we do here from Believer's Church that we do individually and that we do as a church is we support uh, the Hannah Pregnancy Resource Center. 
And I was reconnected with them in 2021 through Overcomers. Jackie Stratton, uh, who, who works with Hannah in their um, reentry uh, to, to society program, the one that goes in, she goes into uh, the jails and has curriculum to help women who are in jail. Well, these women aren't even pregnant. No, they're not, but they're going to get back out of prison. They've been making some, some decisions that have set their life back. And they want to put them on the right track when they get out. And and so she came and uh, she said, I've been looking for you. I said, well, here I am. And we got to talking and she said, they want to make a connection with you and see if y'all would join in uh, with Sanctity of Life Sunday and our baby bottle campaign. We know you have in the past. Uh, We've been disconnected after we closed. They had an office in Camden and they closed it. Uh, and it was closed for several years. They have an office in uh, El Dorado that had stayed open. They had an office in Magnolia that had been uh, off and on, right? And they said, we really have a heart for Camden. We want to help the people of Camden. And I liked the sound of that. And so we started back participating then and have since then. And obviously, it's grown significantly. But their mission is communicating Christ's love by providing life-affirming services for those facing pregnancy decisions while upholding biblical standards for sexual integrity and reducing at-risk behaviors by encouraging parenting and life skills. Now, somebody worked on that for a little while because that's an awesome mission statement, right? Communicating Christ's love, life-affirming services for those facing decisions regarding pregnancy and all these other things, while upholding and not compromising biblical standards for sexual integrity, because it's important, right? The more free we've gotten in our sexual culture and with all this gender stuff, have things got better? No. No. It continues to get worse. Why? Because there's a way things work and there's a way that things don't. They do this by continuing to uphold those biblical standards and focus on, hey, we want to reduce at-risk behaviors. We want to bring wisdom into situations where wisdom wasn't there, where somebody wasn't taught better or they rebelled against what was taught well. And then they thought, well, I can't ever go back now and reducing at-risk Behaviors and encouraging parenting and life skills. Because, hey, when a baby's born, that's not all that there is. They're here for a while, and we got to know how to take care of them. They don't turn anyone away, they do free pregnancy tests for anybody who needs one. They do limited ultrasounds. And you know what that helps with? I see a baby. I see a baby. You know what wasn't available back when Roe v. Wade came down originally? Ultrasound, where you could see that baby in there. You could see them put their thumb in their mouth and see it's a little neighbor in there. So they're able to offer that with a nurse, limited ultrasound. Again, they don't give the medical part of it, but they, they, they let me show you what's in there. Let me show you where the hands are and the feet. This is the head of the baby that is in your womb. Again, they offer parenting classes online and in person because when a baby's born, that's not all that there is. 
You got a lot of young people who become pregnant, difficult situation, and they need to be taught how to be. We, we talked about that last week. You become a parent. I became a parent. I didn't know how to be one. You have to learn to be what it is that you have become. They do STD testing. And they approach people that are in a scary time in their life with confidential help and counsel and direction. They'll give them counseling about what abortion is. What's going to happen? What are, the, what are the potential side effects of this on the human body? What are the potentials for issues? What other options are there? I'm surprised all the ones I'll hear that'll say, I didn't even know that there were other options. You assume that everybody knows everything that you know, and that's not the case. They'll tell them about, they'll give them the facts on it. They'll never refer them to it. They'll never set that up for them. But they will talk to them about adoption, about parenting. And they'll give them counsel and info and help. When we're in distress, what do we want the most? Somebody's going to help us. Help us right where we are. In 2023, they completed 3,145 parenting classes. Or sections of parenting teaching that these young ladies can engage with online, participate in, review the material, take a little test at the end to make sure that they got it. And then they get points for, for completing those classes that then they can use to shop in the little store that Hannah has for them, where they can buy things for their baby, clothes, diapers, a high chair, things like that. They can shop with these points, not having to use money, but they're making progress. 3,145 classes completed. That's a lot. Right here. Camden, El Dorado, Magnolia. They did 209 pregnancy tests. Opportunities to talk with these young ladies about their situation. Minister to them. They did 220 ultrasounds. 220 chances to see a baby this last year. They did 69 reentry classes. That's the folks in the jail. That's the curriculum classes for them and 48 clients in the reentry classes. Union County Jail, Washtenaw County Jail. Columbia County Jail. There's new things coming forth now that they're involved in to help even more with the families. Combating drug addiction, alcohol addiction, histories of abuse. And again, just helping people get the answers that they need. They said, did you know that there's a place in, in town? I forgot where it was. It may be like the county extension office. There, somewhere like that. You, you, you can go and they'll help you do your taxes for free. Like, did you know that? No, didn't know that. It's avenues for people that don't have the information that they need. They saw 36 people call on the name of the Lord in 2023. Amen. God, 
just touches my heart that they said, they, they, they come in and they didn't know and they were able to hear the truth from somebody who spoke plainly with them but also spoke to them in love and it brought about a difference, a change in their life. Four people that rededicated their life to the Lord and at least four who came in abortion-minded that chose life for their baby. There is good work being done. Amen. And again, they, they do the pregnancy piece, the baby piece, the recovery piece, the addiction piece, the, the jail and reentry piece, all of it coming together as help for people in our communities that need it the most. They'll give post-abortion counseling and care. Woman didn't choose life. They're like, we're going to be here to love you after that decision too. We're going to be here to serve you and love you and help take care of you because we know that you're going to need it. And we still, we, again, you have not out the cross of Christ. We want to help you. And they do all of that free of charge through donations from people like us. How can we help? We can pray. That's the first thing we should do is pray for the mission, the purpose, the effort in our community. Amen. We can advocate for them. When, when we know people are dealing with something, I mean, how many times has somebody came to you and said, I think I might be pregnant. And you knew what that meant, right? I think I might be pregnant. And you can say, well, I'll tell you what. Let's go over here to Hannah. Let's get you a test and let's see what's going on. Let's find out what's going on. Advocate. And then we can also give and support. We do that anyway here on a monthly basis out, out of what comes through, through, through your regular tithes and offerings. And if you're not familiar, we got plates in the back. We don't pass them, but we make that available. If you came purposed in your heart to give as a part of your worship to the Lord and your commitment to what is going on here, the ministry from this house into the community and around the world, part of that goes to them to support that effort. We can't start something like that here and out of here. We want to partner with somebody who's doing it well already and help them expand what it is that they're doing. So you can give any time during the year, but we, we set aside special four weeks starting today and going for the next check. Hannah, baby bottle campaign. And we will gather that up and give it all to them in one check when we get to the end of that four weeks. I think last, last year, I think it was $1,500 that we gave in, in addition to the normal monthly gift that we give to support them. You can do it online. If you don't want to give it back there, you just want to give it directly to them at hannahprc.com on their website. You can set up a recurring gift of your own where you say, hey, I want to give $20 a month to this. Put your card number in and it'll put it on there each month. And at the end of the year, they'll give you your little receipt showing you the difference that you made. Again, we can only... Everybody can do something and we want to do our part. 
And along with this four weeks, some of what, what they do to encourage giving during this time is they'll bring in boxes of baby bottles and send them home with people to put change in and bring them back. And that's a lot of work. So what we do is the love offering, but I don't want to deny you the opportunity to bring your coin in. If you say, I want to empty my change tray out of my car, I got a change bucket at the house, I'm never going to get it counted. If you'll take it and give it to them and it would be a benefit to them, I'll do it. Next Sunday, I'll have a red bucket out in the foyer that you can dump that into. Change bucket for change in our community. It's coming back. And when we get to the end of the four weeks, I'll take all of that up to the bank. I'll have them run it through the machine and count it. And we'll add it to our giving to them. The other thing that they'll accept, in kind, uh, donations of diapers, baby clothes, new or gently used, things like high chairs, strollers, walkers, all the things that you need for a baby or that you want for a baby and it makes life easier to have for a baby, they'll take those, they'll make sure they're in good condition and then they'll put them in the little store so when all the mamas are taking their parenting classes, they can come in and shop with their points and they love it. They love it. All of those services, again, are offered in El Dorado, in their office there, Magnolia, and also in Camden, the Camden office reopened this last year. We had the ribbon cutting in January. The office was open by the summer. And most of y'all know Miss Kelly became the coordinator for here. Did she never know what God's going to do? You never know what he's going to do. Lord put it on her heart. When we first did Sanctity of Life Sunday after reconnecting with Jackie, she said, I got to talk to them. I got to do something. I have to help. And the Lord has connected her with them. And now she is adding clients all the time. People that didn't have a place to go in Camden that now have a place to go. And I'll tell you, we messed around and lost the office here one time. We don't want to do that again. Because, well, there's one in El Dorado. There's people that are walking to the one here from where they live because they don't have transportation. We need one here and we want to support it and be behind it. Amen. So all of these things are available. We can pray, we can advocate and we can give. And they're not the only ones. I can talk to you about lots of, we're running out of time, but I can talk to you about lots of other things that are already available in our community for you to join arms with. If you want to be a CASA volunteer, if you want to help kids who have been removed from their home, their parents, their guardians by DHS because things were bad, bad enough they couldn't be there anymore and you want to stand for that child and make sure that they're in a spot that they're going to return to the home safely or they're not going to return to the home and go somewhere else safely, there's that one. Look, we've got the call here in Camden that supports our local foster families. You say, maybe I can't foster, I can't ever do that. But the ones that we do have need your help and they need your support. They have things that they need, even if it's just somebody to help for one weekend or somebody to go, hey, you need a baby bed? I got one. Just getting you connected with the people that are already doing a good job, but the work is too big for them. That's what we want to do. All of these things are already there in our community. So if you've got something on your heart, 
Let me know because there may be somebody else already plowing that path and you can join right up with what they're doing and make a difference. So I want you to pray over this. I want you to purpose in your heart uh, to, to do something to help during this campaign. If the Lord would lead you either directly here or, or monthly with them. Uh, and if you wanted to do it monthly through here, just put Hannah on there and we'll make sure the extra goes to them. We'll make sure every bit of it that you label, for, label to them goes to them. Our goal is that we follow those two commandments that the Savior laid out. That we love God and that we love our neighbor. The one that's right in front of us. Whether they're like us or not like us. Remember the Samaritan and the Jewish guy, they were not alike and they normally didn't get along. But he treated him as his neighbor, even though he was vulnerable. And even though it was going to require some work to help him. He helped him. When we look, we want to see a baby. We want to see a little image of God. And we want to see a neighbor. We played a song, not this last week at Overcomers because it was snowing, but the week before when Pastor Cleegie spoke. And a simple little song uh, as far as not a lot of, of a verse to it, but it was, You Thought I Was Worth Saving. So you came and changed my life. Me talking to him. You thought I was worth saving, so you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping, so you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die for. You sacrificed your life so I could be free, so I could be whole, and so I could tell everyone I know what you did. I was like, we need to know that about ourselves. But the next step is we need to know it about everybody else. Everybody else that's around us that he thinks they are worth saving. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you value life. That you created it and you sustain it by, by the word of your power. If you removed your spirit from the earth, everything would return to dust. You sustain and support life. And Lord, we, we love you. We want to love you like Christ uh, commanded us to love you because that's the way our life's going to flow in the absolute best is loving and walking with you. And Lord, I thank you that out of that, we love those that are around us. No matter how much like us they are, dislike, uh, unlike us they are, or how vulnerable they may be, I thank you that you have shed your love abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit and that we're able to love one another and love those in our community. Lord, we understand there's folks in our community that need help. We, we know we can't do everything. We want to do something. And so, Lord, as we lay our hearts before you, I pray that you would encourage us and direct us how we can help. It may be easier than we realize. And I thank you, Lord, that everything that's going to be given over these next weeks uh, that, that's going to go to the Hannah Pregnancy Resource Center, I thank you, Lord, that you would bless it. 
and cause it to multiply and cause it to do more than we could ever do on our own. I thank you for all the other partner churches who are meeting also around this same subject today. I thank you that life and the sanctity of it and the respect for it is being preached today in Camden, Arkansas. And I thank you, Lord, that it's going to make a difference. I thank you that it's going to make a difference because we want to see a baby. We want to see an image of God. We want to see life. And we want to call it blessed in the name of Jesus. We want to be like you are. We want to be creative and we want to rule over what it is that you've given us to bring order to chaos and your kingdom come and your will be done and culture be renewed and see life changed. You can do it. And we know that you do it one person, one life, one heart at a time. I thank you that all who call on the name of the Lord find grace for everything they've ever done and forgiveness of our sins, cleansiness of unrighteousness and, 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 and removing the iniquity from us. We thank you, Lord, as we get ready to go today that we leave in peace and unity with one another. I thank you that you keep us safe. I thank you that as we go through this week, we do so with you in mind. And Lord, that we would think on this, that we would look on our neighbors and ask ourselves, how have I been thinking on this person? How have I been thinking on this situation? And help me to see it the way that you see it. And we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.